plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground of Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And Star Style is brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity to empower women, family, and youth. I am Cynthia Bryan. I am your host for the hour. And today, it is such a lovely day because the sun is shining brightly here in Northern California, and that's kind of a nice respite because we've we've had a lot of dull gray. I'm just not a real wintry person. <laughs> I like the rain at nighttime, and we've had uh, we've had a lot of that, which is great. But just having a little sunshine kind of you know boosts your mood, so that helps me to help you have a more powerful, productive day. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today are a few different things. One is how to drive safely in the winter because it is winter and if you're in snow country or if it's raining a lot, we have to be a little bit more careful. Another segment, we'll be talking about getting unstuck and how to set a goal, take small steps to move to the next level. And then also how to understand how much activity we need on a daily basis because we definitely all need to exercise as we know it's important to get some exercise and um, very important just you know to have movement and it doesn't have to be anything that is um, strenuous or crazy and then coming right up we're going to talk about how to prepare for surgery. It's rather interesting. There seems to be a couple of times a year when uh, surgeries are more common, and it's usually towards the end of the year when everybody's trying to get their um, the final, you know, their final things in before their premiums go up or before they have to have new deductibles. And then the beginning of the year when people think, well, I better start now so that all the deductibles will add up. So it's a good time to talk about that. The miracle moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity is from Francis of Assisi. Start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible. And suddenly, you are doing the impossible. So go to the website, bethestarur.org, and get involved. You know, make a pledge for the year because we can all do the impossible. My motto when I was doing a lot of design was seeing the invisible to create the impossible. And I think about that a lot because uh, when you walk into a room, if you are creative and you're good at designing and seeing things that aren't there yet, you can actually imagine and reimagine how a room or a space or a garden or, or even a person, how they can look when you just tune them up. So just do what's necessary, do what's possible, and then you will be doing the impossible. Well, preparing for surgery. I hope that you're not going to have to have surgery, but if you are, there are a few tips that can really help you, um, how you can be at least a little bit more prepared, and you can heal faster. And that's always the key. It's really um, important that we, uh, that we heal quickly after a surgery. So you might think that your only job when you're having surgery uh, is to show up at the doctors, and then the rest is in the hands of the doctors and nurses. But that really isn't true. It's you that hold the key to having a successful surgery and a faster recovery. And the secret is, is to prepare yourself, both mentally and physically, 
well in advance because surgery is really, really hard on your body and soul. There's all kinds of studies done that show that, you know, it's just, it's not a good thing to be cutting in to our bodies. And so when we are going to, we have to prepare. So uh, very important to get to get ready for that. You know that a major surgery, which is one where you have to have general anesthetic, is like running a 5K race. So you wouldn't go to a race. You wouldn't, you know, start running a marathon or anything without practicing and getting in shape. So since most surgeries are elective and you and your surgeon get to pick a date, sometimes a few weeks, a month, or even longer out, this will give you time to prepare. And that means um, you have to get your whole body ready, not just, we're not talking about just getting ready the part of the body, you know, like if you're having a knee surgery, we're not talking about that. That's not what we're um we're doing. We're talking about getting your body, mind, and soul ready for that surgery. So a training plan, it can include physical exercise, practical preparations, um, and also it can include spiritual thoughts as well as if you want to do more meditations, um, etc. You might want to even get a wellness coach and learn how to follow a plan before you have your surgery so that you might have a shorter hospital stay. And uh, one of the things that I had to have a spinal surgery a couple years ago, and I really, really prepared for it. And so I, since it was something that I could choose the date, I decided to have it in the winter when it would be easier for me to, um, to recover because I wouldn't have so many duties that I had to do outside. But the key to it was to really get my body first in the best possible shape that it could be. And of course, I was meditating every day, and I started walking more, because they. what's said is that by walking, you can reduce your hospital stay by at least a day. And it doesn't matter if you're really, uh, at this, this moment, currently fit or if you're active, but you can get to be more fit just by walking a little bit. Start with walking a block and then maybe walk two blocks and, you know, then two and a half blocks. Walking is really crucial because it strengthens your muscles and your bones and it also increases your cardio fitness and your endurance. And so the goal is just to keep increasing the number of steps that you can currently walk. And you've heard that everybody needs to get 10,000 steps a day. And it's really, you know, you'd be surprised how easy that is to get 10,000 steps. If you wear a, a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or any of those, uh, you know, gadgets that uh, measure your steps, and you're fairly active as far as, you know, you might sit at the desk for a while and then you're, you know, running some errands or you're you just or taking a walk or taking a break, whatever. It's amazing how many steps you can get in just doing things around your house, uh, vacuuming, gardening, feeding the animals, you know, all of that. You, that adds up to a lot of steps. I find for me that I easily get 10 to 12,000 steps without even exercising every day. When I exercise, when I actually am going on white walks and hikes, then it gets up to 16,000, 17,000. Now, if walking is hard for you, and also it's good to be doing some stairs, going up steps, down steps, if you have that, or up a hill or down a hill. But if walking is hard for you, you can do, you know, 20, 30 minutes of some other activity. And one that's always really good is swimming because there's no uh, weight bearing on any of your muscles or joints. So if you are um, having pain anywhere, swimming might be a good one. Bicycling is also another one. Now, you're not trying to lose weight. Just remember that because you might need the weight in case after surgery you have any complications and then you start losing weight. So don't go into this kind of activity with the feeling that you want to lose weight. But you do want to have a protein-rich diet. Um, unless your surgeon tells you otherwise, of course. You're always going to take 
the uh, advice of your surgeon on what it is that you're going to do. But you do not want to stress your body out by doing cleanses or purges or cutting calories. You just want to focus on eating really, really healthy. And that would be eating lots of uh, fresh fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, uh, lean proteins. If you are a meat and fish eater, you know, have fish and chicken and turkey, beans, tofu, that kind of thing. And you want to have at least five to seven ounces of protein a day. And then beyond that, just a whole foods-based diet with uh, five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables, some whole grains, and of course, always limit those saturated fats, the kinds that you get in butter, bacon, and all kinds of uh, processed foods. You want to eliminate as many cookies and chips and all that kind of stuff that isn't going to be good for your body. It's not good for your body before surgery, after surgery, or any time. Of course, we're all human and we want a snack from time to time. But when you're preparing for surgery, just really, really try to keep your health in the most optimum position as you possibly can. And then also make sure that your doctor knows as much about you as possible. He needs to know or she needs to know all the medications and vitamins, anything over the counter that you're taking. That is very crucial. If you're afraid of anything, you want to convey that to your doctor. Like I do not do well with anesthetic. I just don't do well with drugs at all. So I always stay away from as much as possible. So if I have to have any anesthesia, I let the doctor know that um, I'm not very good with anesthesia and it could make me really sick or it makes me hard to come out of it. Or So maybe I don't need it. I tend to have a very high pain tolerance. So perhaps that can work. Uh, so, you know, just talk to, talk to your doctor because it really does matter. They want, um, your doctor wants you to be successful because they're successful as well. And if you are the caregiver or the champion of someone else, make sure that you convey all the information about the person that you are uh, working with, all the information that the doctor needs to know about him or her. For example, if they like to play tennis or they like to ski, you know, whatever it is, just let them know that you want them to be able to do these things after they have recovered. So by sharing these personal details and any hopes that you might have for your life uh, after the procedure, this really reminds everybody that you are a real person and that you really want to get well. Another thing is to believe uh, that you're going to get well really quickly. Uh, start early, you know, months before, telling yourself that you are going to heal quickly, you're going to feel great after surgery, everything's going to go well. Because it is interesting how by doing that, and I've been the champion for several people at several uh, surgeries, and that's always the mindset we go in with. You know, this is going to be great. You're going to be in and out, and you're going to heal quickly. And amazingly, people do. So there is that mind over matter. So that's very important. And again, the medication thing is really, really important, as well as alcohol consumption. I forgot to mention that. If you drink something every day, um, whether, you know, wine, beer, or stronger alcohol, you need to be very, very upfront with the doctor about how much you are consuming because you don't want any of the anesthesia or any medication that they're going to do give you to interfere. And, um, and as we know, they can interfere. Another thing that's really critical is to have your cheerleaders with you. The, one of the big things that people do wrong is they don't like to tell people 
that they're going to have an operation or a procedure or whatever. Because, you know, none of us want to be a pain in the butt. We want to spare our loved ones and our friends from all the issues that we have. And, and you know, we think, oh, we'll just take an Uber or a Lyft or a taxi and I don't have to bother anyone. But that could be very, very dangerous. You need to have a support system. And in case anything does go wrong, you need to have somebody there at the hospital or the urgent care center or the surgical center or wherever it is that you are having this so that uh, that you have someone who can take responsibility for any actions or any additional things that need to be addressed during your surgery. And then finally, post-surgery, the interesting I think is is that you're usually going to be given some instructions and recommendations and information about how to care for yourself at home. If you have just had any kind of anesthesia or you've been under a procedure, you're not going to remember it. You're going to be ditzy. You're going to be a little out of it. So you need to have someone there who either has a written down or a taped message of what are the next steps. Or um, you can have the doctors print out something, but it's always best to have someone besides yourself get that information. And then, of course, just remember, attitude is absolutely everything. So it is a combination of just have an all-around positive attitude and um, just know that everything is going to be all right. And most of the time, it is. I know when I had a, a surgery, and it was um, during the holidays, I decided I wanted to make everybody laugh when I went in. I wore Santa hat and sunglasses um, when I went in, and I was handing out candy canes and um, singing Christmas carols, and people just thought, you know, they just thought it was rather funny, or at least they got a kick out of it in some way, because it erased my fear, and it also made them more at ease as well. And so that's really important. Not only do you want to be at ease, but you want to keep everyone uh, around you at ease. And sooner or later, all of us are probably going to face some kind of health challenge in our life. And so when you can have your mind, your body, and your, your um, soul all in one big toolbox that feels strong and calm and empowered. When you have any kind of um, t stumbling block, you're going to be able to rebound much quicker and you're going to feel so much better. So when we come back from break, we'll talk a little bit about how to drive safely in the winter, as well as a little bit about movement. So don't go away. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I want you to stay with me. Don't go away. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Power party, power party. Well, today I had such a, a wonderful morning because I was interviewed on a show that is airing in India. And it was really, it was just such great fun. It'll be on YouTube and it'll be on the web as well. Uh, and it was video. But what just made me so um, amazed is that in this day and age, the way that technology is, I mean, the fact that that we can not only talk to somebody halfway around the world, but you can actually have a fairly stable video. I mean, that it, you know, in days past, there was always that five, 10 second delay and everything. I don't know. I had a hard time in the early days when I would have to do online um, teleseminars and stuff because it was always a delay. But today it just was there. So, and San Francisco is literally halfway around the world to Mumbai, uh, Mumbai or New Delhi, India. And it was, it was really fun. So I will let you know when that is going to air. But getting back to winter. Now, winter driving. Now, some people are just amazing drivers no matter what. My son happens to be one of those people. My dad was another one of those people where they can just drive anywhere in any condition, pulling, you know, 18 wheelers and <laughs> and going up hills and uh, or mountains and in the snow, in the rain, in the mud, in the dirt. But for most of us, we need to kind of modulate how we drive. And the key is to drive safely in the winter. I mean, it's cold outside, which means that we have to remember how to use seasonal driving skills. Now, I know here in California, because we normally have such a long dry spell, usually between end of May and then mm, December, pretty much. So that's quite a few months. And that means that the, the roads, you know, are really dry. And then when you have the first rain, because of the oil, it gets an oil slick. And then there are accidents everywhere because people have forgotten in those, what, six, seven, eight months, have forgotten how to drive in the rain. And they'll drive too fast or they'll turn too quickly. And there's all kinds of spin outs and, um, you know, uh, rear enders and all that kind of stuff. So whether you are going to the mountains or to the sea or you're driving in rain or in snow, you have to follow some very important tips to stay safe on the road anytime there is inclement weather. Now, the first one is probably a no-brainer. Before you set out on a trip, you should really check the weather. And that's another great thing about technology today is we can go online, we can check our phones, you can go to a weather channel, and you can usually see what the weather is going to be like. If roads are going to be closed, it's going to be snowing, there's going to be hail, whatever it is, if possible, consider postponing your trip and rescheduling. Now, sometimes, you know, you can't do that. Sometimes it is essential that you be somewhere or other times you're already on the road when the bad weather starts and that happened to us a couple of years ago where we were on the road in a packed car with six of us and literally it looked like sardines packed to the brim and we were headed to Lake Tahoe and it started snowing just terribly where it was bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, roads were closed, accidents were everywhere. And what is normally a you know, five-hour ride 
ended up being more than 12 and a half hours. And it was pretty exhausting and pretty horrific because, you know, people having to stop on the side of the road and put on chains or they'd have to rent chains or they'd have to buy chains or they were being turned around. And so you have to be really ready for whatever you're going into. And that brings me to if you are going to snow country and if you don't have snow tires and you don't have four wheel drive, it is certainly better to buy a set of chains and have them fitted to your tires so that you can either put them on yourself or you can hire the the people on the side of the road to put them on for you. But it's gotten really expensive to put them on and to put them off, but at least you would have them and not either be turned around or, um, or forced to buy chains. In snow weather, every year, people get stranded in their vehicles and many people die of, of the freezing conditions. So the other thing about being prepared is to make sure that you have an emergency kit in your vehicle. And that emergency kit should have warm blankets and extra food and water, first aid, um, uh, you know, medications, band-aids. And it should also, I've talked a lot about having the uh, emergency kits for earthquakes and for um, fires or whatever, any kind of emergency. I like to keep that particular emergency kit in my car all the time. And what I call it an emergency supply go bag. And it can be a backpack. It can be a small case. But you should keep one in every vehicle. And actually, you should just have one in there all the time and don't take it out. Unfortunately, my husband takes his out all the time. And it makes me crazy because I know one day he's going to get caught uh, somewhere and he's going to need that. But he will have taken it out. So what should go in your go bag? Okay, first aid kit. You want some work gloves. You also want warm gloves because if it does turn out to be winter and you're in the cold, you're going to need warm gloves. It's also good to have probably a pair of those plastic gloves. You know, the gloves that are like the doctors use, those are really good. You should have towelettes. You should have a small towel, warm blanket. You need walking shoes, some extra socks, a jacket. Food-wise, I like to always keep a jar of peanut butter, a jar of honey, and some protein bars. You can change them out every few months, but you can survive with those three things and water, even for a couple of days. Hygiene kit is another thing. Toothbrush, soap. Uh, you'd want some matches, a flashlight, and I like having a headlamp with and put extra batteries. And don't keep the batteries... Uh, inside your lamps, or if you do keep them in your lamp, have some extra batteries with you. Eating utensils, um, a clothing change, and if, uh, probably a breathing mask. You know those, like the, the N-I-O-S-H, they're called an N95. Also, always have a little bit of cash, and how about toilet paper? I think that's always a good one. You never know when you're going to have to go beyond, you know, go to uh, behind. So, and don't forget to put some uh, toilet paper because you don't know when you're going to have to use toilet paper to go behind a tree or any of that. And uh, a clothing change and a little bit of cash. So those are some things that are very important to have in your go bag. Now, on top of that, check the tread and the pressure on your tires before you leave and all the fluids and fill your car up with gas because once you're on the road on a trip, it's really possible that there might not be a filling station. And if you have an electric car, you better find out where the smart car chargers are. I mean, th they're not everywhere these days. So you probably need to uh, power up your car and then get a clear view of where the next stop is going to be. Also, you want to wash your windshields and remove any ice or snow from the windows, from the roof, from the bumpers, the hood. And if you have a more uh, contemporary modern car that has sensors and cameras, I would clear those off too. Because if you're, you know, if you're backing up 
and they're blocked, you might run into something, especially if it's in the dark and the snow, because the conditions can be so bad you can hardly see. On slippery roads, you want to accelerate and decelerate very easily and gradually. You don't want to ever have any sudden starts or any sudden stops, and especially on hills. And one piece of advice that I have found that is really helpful for those people who go on long uh, road trips and use uh, cruise control, if you're in, in bad weather, don't use cruise control because you might not be able to stop in time or something really might go wrong. So make sure that you keep your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road ahead. And with snow and ice, always go slowly. You want to leave uh, 8 to 10 seconds, which is considered 8 to 10 car lengths between you and the car ahead of you. Because if you do have to stop, like if the car in front of you stops, quickly and then you try to slam on your brakes you could skid out or most likely you're just going to slam right into the car in front of you if you are following too close so try not to be in a hurry and just kind of keep it cool and then what happens if you hit an icy patch now it is frightening but you have to keep calm well, the first thing to do if you hit ice, and a lot of times you could be driving on a road. This happens in uh, Lake Tahoe in the mountains in the Sierras or Yosemite here in California a lot during the winter, is that we'll get black ice. You can't even see it. And you're driving along and you're fine, and all of a sudden you hit this ice and it's like your car's on, um, on ice skates and you just start sliding. So immediately take your foot off the gas, steer straight ahead, and at all possible, keep your foot off the brake unless the back end starts to fishtail. And if it starts fishtailing or you start spinning, you want to turn the wheel very gently in the same direction as the spin. And if you have anti-lock brakes and you're still skidding, you can apply steady pressure. If you don't have um, anti-lock brakes, you know, there's other systems. I think most are anti-lock brakes. I don't know that much about cars. I just know how to drive. <laughs> you can uh, gently pump the brake pedal, and that should help you. But if you have anti-lock brakes, don't pump the brake pedal. You just want to keep it steady. And, you know, just know, uh, make sure that you have your insurance cards with you and your uh, registration because accidents do happen. And I know we had... Um, uh, we had an incident a few years ago when we were going to a, uh, a celebration in the snow country and came out after the celebration, got in the car, hit black ice, went into a spin. Fortunately, there wasn't a car around us, but we just kind of went completely off the road, you know, into a snowbank. And had it been the other side, it could have been going off of a cliff. And so... It was very frightening, but I remember my husband being really, really scared. He was driving, and I was just trying to be reassuring. I was like, just keep calm, take your foot off the gas, steer into it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And, of course, then prepare for impact. But hopefully those are a couple of tips on how to drive safely in winter. And just remember, it's better to be there a little bit later, but to get there than not to get there at all. So stay safe, keep your car, your vehicle or truck or whatever you're driving in good shape and make sure that you have that emergency kit in your vehicle, blankets, water, and food, just in case you get stuck in your car and need to be there for a couple of days. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be back in just a bit. Be the star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know how to get more out of every day. You have 1,440 minutes between right now and this time tomorrow. Only 1,440. And 1% of that time is about 15 minutes. So what, you ask, is so important about 15 minutes? The answer, 
it's a block of time that's small enough to make room for and large enough to get something significant done. An important strategy to get more done every day is simply to always be ready. When you are ready, you have what you need when you need it. This means you can use found time productivity to move your business forward. Now, what's found time? So let's say it's a meeting that starts late and leaves you waiting in a conference room. Well, those few minutes before a lunch meeting or a scheduled phone call, the list is endless. Look for them and you'll find more than you'd think to do. So being productive is about so much more than just being busy all day long. And working longer hours won't make up for a flawed approach to productivity and performance. In order to truly be your best and improve performance, you need to clarify your habits, build mindset-based strategies, and be proactive. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an R-I-A-N.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... So we're going to round out our party by getting unstuck. Because everybody at some point in their life, their career, their business, their job... You know, those wonderful butterflies that we had when we started a new job or a new relationship or whatever it was, that kind of can get like, you know, ho-hum, mundane, and too routine. And that first day, wonderful vibe is replaced with starting to feel stuck. So what do you do when you start feeling stuck and what are those causes? Uh, I've talked about it a lot that every human needs to feel appreciated. We need to feel approved of. We need to feel seen. And we need to feel like, you know, we're valued. And so a lot of people, especially in the work, uh, you know, the work area in careers and jobs and businesses, they start feeling like they're on a, a, you know, just a one-way street when they are underappreciated or they're put down or they don't see any possibility for advancement or they've been passed over for promotion when they think that they might have deserved it. Now, if any of those things strike a uh, thread with you, if that sounds like you, then it's probably time to create a new goal and uh, so that you can at least feel that you're in a better place and maybe it'll be staying in the same same place, same relationship, same job, but you might have a new goal. So you want to get unstuck and you want to feel motivated. You want to have confidence uh, and you have to be disciplined in order to get those motivations and that confidence. That also means you need to be curious. So a few tips that can help uh, set you on your way is you want to set a goal. So the good news is Feeling stuck is probably a positive. We always like to spin things to the positive, right? Because that means you have ambition. That means consciously or unconsciously, 
you have been thinking about change. And change, as much as it's hard, change is usually really good because we learn new skills, we have new responsibilities, we change roles, whatever it is. So the first step that you're going to probably want to do is write down the details of what you're doing now and write down details of what you'd like to do. I mean, really and truly, what would be your ideal position? What would your title be? What responsibilities would you have? What jobs would you perform? What would be the company culture? Then that will give you a focus and you'll be able to go back through it, cross things out and say, oh, I like this, I like that, or I don't like this. You know, and uh, again, feel free to massage it and edit it and curate it the way that you want. And then if you have a network of professionals that, uh, that you have, uh, have contact with, have worked with, start with those. Start with people you know first or connect with people who are doing the things that you would like to do and go ahead and ask for help in building a target list of organizations or businesses that might be just right up your alley. It might be the right thing for you. And at the same time, uh, at the place where you are currently working, why don't you kind of put the feelers out and see if there are other responsibilities, other tasks that you can take on, because maybe your boss will see you in a different light if you start working on a different project or a bigger project or you create a project. In other words, you'll become a stronger candidate. And uh, this will also increase your development in whatever profession that it is that you're going. So you might want to go and get extra training. You might want to read some books, take a seminar, find a mentor. Whatever it is, you want to exhibit initiative and you want to go for it. Now, one of the places that people go to a lot and people use a lot is uh, LinkedIn. And you can strengthen your resume. You can post your resume. You can connect with people that are like-minded there. You can add your skills. You can add your language proficiencies. You can even sign up to be notified for uh, job openings in the areas that you like. You can also ask for recommendations from connections that you have on LinkedIn. And from what I understand, employers really do read them. Now, I do have a couple of, of kind of pet peeves about uh, some LinkedIn um, candidates, I guess. I get, I get, uh, I can't even tell you how many LinkedIn requests daily. So many, so many, so many. And what I've noticed a lot lately is I am getting these contacts from people who claim to be a coach, a coach's coach. They want to coach the coach and they want to bring your income up to seven figures. And they all have the exact same language. And then, you know, if you do accept, they all send you the almost the exact same follow-up. And it, I just, I'm just not even responding to them anymore because first of all, um, I don't have the need for that. And second of all, when I read these people's uh, bios, it looks like they're just kids <laughs> that they've all graduated from the same coach, the coach seminar. So just be cautious on LinkedIn too. I mean, just like in Facebook, I really curate who I accept and who I don't accept. You want to do the same on LinkedIn so that the connections that you have can be valuable. And it's a two-way street. You want to be able to help other people who are helping you. But I do find, think that LinkedIn is a very valuable uh, technological simple solution. So at least check it out. And then there on LinkedIn or in other ways, you connect with people at companies that you are targeting and learn about the challenges that might be facing the industry that you're in and ask, ask a lot of questions. And then build a timeline that schedules networking and skills 
into your week because that'll make you accountable. And then once you have your goals and your new skills and you're starting to look for your next gig, you want to block out some time to work exclusively on getting or preparing for interviews. And for that, there is probably where you're going to possibly need a coach uh, to help you get to the next step. But in any case, if you're feeling stuck right now, just make sure that you use some of those tips to get unstuck because that's an area where the moss is growing under your feet and you're not learning, you're not growing, you're not evolving. So you want to always, always be moving forward. So if you're feeling frustrated where you are now, do something about it. I was talking about movement earlier on. I was talking about exercise and preparing for surgery, but just getting back to daily movement, how important it is for everyday life. Just remember that really simple things like, you know, like vacuuming, uh, even washing dishes, setting the table, picking up clothes, doing the laundry, pulling hoses, uh, feeding your animals, all of that is a type of movement. Now, of course, there are specific fitness and conditioning goals that we all want, like improved strength, endurance, mobility, and a lot of us have sports skills. But don't overlook the fact that general daily activity is important and really can add to our fitness and to our health. And at a minimum, well, you've always probably read because um, the American College of Sports Medicine and most of the your physicians will tell you that adults need at least 150 minutes per week of uh, moderate aerobic exercise, or we need like 75 minutes of more vigorous movement along with about 30 minutes of strength and balance and coordination and mobility training. So all in all, it's about three hours a week that is just necessary to maintain your health. Obviously, we can do more and we probably should do more or could do more uh, because that's your, that's going to keep you healthier. But you can do um, just even if you do 10 minutes, you know, and do it like three or four times a day, then it will add up. In fact... What research has been showing is that it's better to get your activity in small random amounts spread out through the day. That's probably more beneficial to your body and your mind than doing it all at once. And what that means is instead of just going to the gym and working out for an hour, so go ahead and park far away from wherever you're going. You're, you know, you're going to the grocery store. Instead of parking in the parking spot right in front of the door, park a, a block away. That's going to give you some walking, a little bit of strength training because you're lifting the groceries. So the sky is the limit and everything that you do is going to count towards getting the minutes that you need every single day. And you can mix up the components, mix and match to all exercise. You can work with a trainer, you can go to the gym, you can just uh, work at home, you can get up at, if you're at the office and just walk around the office, you can take two bottles of water and use them as weights, you know, whatever it is, I mean, you can take a book and do some strength, some arm strength training, all of that truly works and it's all really, really good for you. So first of all, though, before you start doing anything that you haven't been doing, you want to definitely speak with your doctor. Always great to get a checkup and make sure that you're good, you're in good overall health and that you have medical clearance to participate in whatever it is. And then next, you want to understand the daily activity is essential and you want to say to yourself this is non-negotiable i am going to do this come rain come shine whatever and then just keep movement in part of your daily activities and make it fun i mean even if you put on the music and um dance you know in front of your mirror or in your closet or at your desk for two or three minutes that's fantastic and you'll get your endorphins up and you're going to feel better 
and that's going to help you have a more productive day. It's better to exercise if you're doing heavy exercise. It's better to do it in the morning because in the evening before you go to bed, you need a little bit of downtime. And the same thing goes with don't eat. The recommendations are is to give your body three hours to kind of digest before you go to sleep. So you don't really want to be eating that midnight snack. If, especially if you're going on a cruise, you know, those midnight meals. I don't know if they're still doing them anymore, but people used to love the midnight buffets. And uh, that's if you're going to stay up all night dancing, probably a good thing. But if you're just going straight to bed after imbibing on all those things, not so good. Well, that's our show. Make sure to drive safe this winter. Then get plenty of movement. Get unstuck. And if you are prepping for any kind of surgery this year, get your body, mind, and soul ready for it. Well, thanks for being a great listener and being here every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific with me, Cynthia Bryan. I'm always happy that you are tuned in to Voice America and especially to the Empowerment Channel. And don't forget to listen to our teen show, Express Yourself, Sundays at 3 p.m., right here on the Empowerment Channel as well. For more information about Star Style Productions or any of my coaching services, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get information about Be The Star You Are, that brings you this radio show and empowers women, families, and youth, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. We only have this moment. Remember that 1,440 moments per day. So make each one count. And until we have fun next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and encourage you. Go out into the world. Be your authentic self. Have integrity. Speak your truth. Walk your talk. Shine. And be the star you are. Thank you for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.